Welcome to Slingstones, a podcast with insights for the Christian journey, proudly brought to you by Healing Care Ministries. Now here's your host, Terry Wardle. You know, there are some things in life that, if you will, the order in which you do them is important, or the order in which you understand them to take place. In other words, sometimes first things need to be first, and if they're not first, everything gets messed up. You know, my dad was excellent at tools, very, very good, and he could fix just about anything. Uh, Never spent any time teaching me to do that. He found it better. He'd just fix it and told me to get out of the way. But if I did try to do something, he would often comment that I got things backward. My mother didn't like the fact that my dad cussed a lot, so he would rearrange words which still had cuss words in them in order to make the point, but he would then claim he wasn't actually swearing. And one of those was the phrase bass awkward. And he used that phrase with me numerous times. Terry, all you did was do this bass awkward, basically meaning I didn't get it in the right order. And as a result, things were worse in the end, not better. I don't know why, but even sitting here sharing that, I'm thinking about my Uncle Charlie. I loved Uncle Charlie. He was actually a great uncle uh, on my father's side. Great big burly man, bald head, ears that looked like satellite dishes and hands that were huge. And he had a small farm. And he just did things his way. And he didn't always think about the order of things. And We would go out there often and help on the farm, and when I was a young kid, he let me hunt out there. It was just wonderful, a paradise for me as a kid. But I remember that um, he was uh, picking corn with a single-row corn picker, and as he was driving along, the corn picker got stuck, and rather than him disengaging it from the power drive, he just looked at it and he saw where a piece of corn was jammed up and he took his finger, big old finger, and he jammed it in there to set free the corn from the picker. And it did set the corn picker free and uh, it then went out through the chute and landed in the wagon behind, but so did his index finger. You see, he, he should have got first things first and that was, why don't you just turn off the tractor or disengage the uh, power takeoff, but no, no, he just decided to do what he did. And he had other appendages that at times were either cut or scraped or knocked off because he just didn't do first things first. First things first actually make a bit of a difference. Now, not only in the doing, but also in the understanding. And I want to relate this to something that has to do with the Christian life. I think we've got some things really, really backwards when it comes to walking the way of Jesus, the way Jesus walks the way. Now, here's the, here's the way I was taught. Obedience can lead to blessing. Do you hear that? Obedience can lead to blessing. And if you do what God tells you to do, then God will be happy with you and he will extend to you the mercy and forgiveness necessary for your life. 
And to be honest with you, that was the frame of reference by which I looked at Christianity for many, many years. But there's something backward about that, particularly in the way we understand scriptures. Now, before I get to that specifically, <clears throat> I want you to think about Paul's scripture that says in Ephesians 2.4 that God is rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. There is an abundance of mercy that God has. Now, now maybe it would be helpful for us to just spend a minute or two understanding what mercy means. Mercy is the ability of a person to extend compassion and forgiveness to someone that has offended them, even though they have the power to bring down payment or punishment. It's a stance of not giving to people what they deserve. And even moving forward, grace would be extending to people gifts that they in fact could not earn or not deserve. And, and what the Bible says is that God is rich in mercy. Do you hear that? And he extends mercy with great generosity, with great patience and compassion. Now, what does that mean practically for that? It means that God knows we're going to stumble. He knows that we wander. He knows that we're not always going to get it right. And that even times when we think we've gotten it right, we didn't. And even our motivation would have been improper. And yet God extends mercy to us. How often he forgives. How often he shows compassion toward us in the midst of our struggles. Now, I want you to hear that for you today. God is rich toward you in mercy. Patient. Understanding. Holding tight to you. Seeking you. Even when you've wandered. Now, I want to go to another passage of scripture. It comes in Romans chapter 2. I think it's verses 3 and 4, and it says something to the effect that don't you know that it is God's kindness that leads to repentance? Now look at the order of that. God's kindness leads to repentance. The, the idea that I had and that I was taught is you better repent if you expect to get God's kindness, but the truth is it's the experience of God's kindness that should awaken us to the wonder of God and the richness of his mercy and cause us then to turn to him, to express faith in Christ, to be reunited as his children. You see, th this, is, this is what we've got to get straight. We can't get it backwards that performance leads to blessing, that doing the right thing moves God to in some way extend mercy to us. No, no. God is every single day extending mercy, giving us another chance, forgiving, being patient. And that kindness of God is what then, it brings us home to him. That when we wander away and we don't know where we can turn, 
that we can turn to a God who's already seeking us and looking after us. Think about the kindness of God, even in the midst of our mistakes. This, this, this baffles me that happens in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis when Adam and Eve sin and they hide in their nakedness. It is God who makes clothes to cover them so that they would not feel the shame of their own actions. It was his kindness. It was his mercy. Think of that. And obviously, love and mercy are tied together. And that's why Scripture talks about the extravagance of God's love and that, that he lavishes love upon his children. And that's who we are. But I think this is important that we get it straight. It is not our behavior that leads to blessing, but the blessings of God should in some way impact the way we move forward as a follower of Jesus Christ. I think this is important for us to really think about in terms of our own relationship with God. You know, when I, when I consider back on my own childhood and growing up in my home, where punishment came often swift and severe, unpredictable as to what would be the offense that could lead to it, but it would come swift and severe. Even as a kid, I began to try to monitor my behavior to avoid punishment with hopes also that maybe if I did something extra good, there might be a reward coming my way. And after I became a Christian, I can tell you that began to leak into my faith, and in part because that was basically what was being taught to me from individuals that were proclaiming what they called the Word of God. Do right, you'll get right. Do wrong, then God's punishment will come. But, but Scripture has another formula for it. Christ didn't come for me after I straightened up. He didn't come for me after I made myself well. He didn't come for me after I embraced holiness. He, he came for me in the midst of my own brokenness, and he still does. And he comes with great love and tenderness and patience. And I think this is the message that world needs to hear. There's something breathtaking about the gospel of Christ for me. And the whole idea that's talked about in Scripture, that God demonstrated his love for us by sending his one and only Son so that we could be made alive in him. And, and this is what the Scripture says in 1 John chapter 4. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. He sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, I'm sure that someone might be thinking, but, but doesn't the Bible say that if you really love God, you've got to quit sinning? Well, actually, you know what the Scripture says in verse 18 of chapter 5 of 1 John? People that have truly been touched and born of God, they're not going to continue to sin. That isn't a requirement. That's a promise that God is going to lead us. The scripture says the one who is born of God 
meaning Jesus, will keep us safe and the evil one cannot harm us, all because of the mercy and the richness of God. Like I said, in life there are a lot of things where first things need to come first. And I think the first thing of the gospel of God is the fact that he's not the ogre that many of us in the faith, particularly leaders, have made him out to be. But in fact, he is a generous, forgiving God who is rich in mercy, quick to show compassion and forgiveness to those who are stumbling along the way. Now, I want to make this personal. There are things that I struggle with, and there may be things that you are struggling with. And maybe even right now, there's been a pretty hard bump that you've experienced along the way. Know that God cares for you. And that he doesn't look at you with a desire to pour down wrath but with a heart of love, rich in mercy, wanting us to invite him into those very places so that his transforming love can change that which is broken into something that is beautiful. That is the story of the Christian 